Soul Knox Podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Hikara, and this is episode number 92. And uh, this is, will be the last episode of the year, and uh, appropriately we decided to, decided to do uh, a horror hotel all about the movie End of Days to mark the uh, end of the year and the beginning of the next one, as the movie, of course, is set at the... Uh, uh, what do you call it, on New Year's Eve, you know, leading up to New Year's Eve and everything, so I felt like it was a good movie to to, to do this year and uh, close out this year's run of episodes. Um, and yeah, I want to uh, say my appreciation to everybody who listens to the podcast out there. Um, people have reached out to me and, um, you know, it means a lot to me that there are people out there who like the podcast and listen to it and, you know even listen to you know a lot of the episodes uh because i know we do different th- stuff on here so i'm sure everyone has different things they like best th- that uh that i cover but you know there are a handful of you out there who listen to every episode which is uh which is really great i really appreciate that and i appreciate everybody who supports podcast and everybody who's been on the podcast this year um we're approaching yep next year will be the second year uh of the podcast we're almost at 100 episodes very soon and uh it's been uh it's been great doing the podcast so i really uh appreciate everybody just wanted to say that as we go into the end of the year and beginning of 2024 so you know i started doing the podcast because it's uh something that i wanted to do because i felt like i had something to to contribute and uh wanted to talk about stuff and you know get to know people and and uh um all that kind of stuff and it's been been a very uh great process and thing that that i've done and i will be continuing to do it so don't worry and you know if you uh, if you are a fan of the podcast, it's not going to be ending anytime soon. You can you can be rest assured of that. So um, yeah, so what, as we go into next year, of course, um, at some point in January, uh, we'll be having our uh, my um, top list of metal albums for the year, um, which will be uh, <clears throat> split across two episodes, and then. A, my top 10 should be on Into the Necrosphere. So uh, look forward to that. I got some really cool episodes um, in the can to kick off the year. And then uh, then it will go from there. I <clears throat> have to start getting ahead again on, on recording podcasts. So that's what I'll be doing as we go into January 2024. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode of us talking about End of Days, which is a movie that I love very much. Um discussing uh the whole the movie and uh definitely get into a lot of the uh aspects of the when it came out and what was going on then and the types of movies that i think were influential on on this movie and all that kind of stuff and then we go down a conversation about different stuff afterwards so i um, hope you guys enjoy and um uh what else so yeah so i guess we'll get into uh my uh plugs and and all that kind of stuff and then we'll get into the episode so as most of you probably know i belong to a uh gang of podcasters called the horsemen of the podcast apocalypse 
which is every other Monday, Horror Wolf 666 with Brandon Legion. Every Tuesday, you have Into the Necrosphere with Jackie Schmidt. Every Wednesday, you have Everything Went Black with Mike Hill. And of course, Mike and I have our series that we split between our podcasts um, called Darkness Weaves, all about the work of Carl Edward Wagner. Uh, every Thursday, you have Necromaniacs with Mike Hill, Mike Scandato, and Jeff Kashid. And every Friday, you have um, Spitball Media. And then at intermediate times, when he has an episode to put out, you have Iblis Manifestations with Cheyenne of Trivax. So that is the Horseman. Um, you know, please follow everybody, share, spread the word, spread the disease, you know, and uh, spread the, spread all the podcasts out there. And um, we appreciate, we all appreciate all the support of every, each and one, each and every one of you who listen and support all the podcasts in particular. Um, and then you can follow me on social media, uh, on Instagram at either my name or at Denver Underground Radio which is the online radio station I run, which uh, we do shows live every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, starting at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can tune in at DenverUndergroundRadio.com. And if you go on the uh, Instagram, you can see all the set lists for the shows, get um, links to the uh, to the um, playlist for the uh, for all the uh episodes of of the radio show as well in the story archive and um yeah and i'll get all the stuff about the podcast as well it's all there and then finally i have a patreon at patreon.com forward slash soul podcast two dollars a month and you get two to four bonus episodes a month um yeah december was a quiet month but we're gonna be kicking back in the year here in january so um and uh yeah if you uh appreciate everybody who signs up on there part of the inner circle so to say and uh you definitely get a shout out on here if you uh sign up but yeah so i'm gonna get into this episode within the days hope everybody has a great new year's eve into new year's day um try to you know uh celebrate if you do or don't I don't really that much, but uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy and have a good beginning of the new year until we get to the next episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Hail Satan. <laughs>
back for our uh, New Year's Eve um, Horror Hotel special. Oh, yeah. And um, this recovering uh, End of Days from 1999, which I think is a pretty appropriate movie to do for New Year's Eve. Uh-huh. As it is set on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so obviously uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and uh, Gabriel Byrne, as we'll get into. But um, uh, before we get deeper in the movie, did you actually see this movie back when it came out? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Yeah, I remember. I did, too. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it came out, I think, it was like November. Yeah, I was looking, it was like November 99. Yeah, I actually remember seeing the trailer for it during the summer. Yeah, they filmed it pretty fast because they filmed it like that spring. Right. If I remember right, this is first movie Arnold did when he was done with being a governor, I think. No, it was before his governor. It was before his governor? Yeah, it would have been before. Okay. Because cause wasn't, wasn't he governor in uh, the early 2000s? I don't remember. Maybe I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe this is a lot. This might have been the last movie he did before he became governor. Right. And my yeah. Yeah, 2003 to 2011 he was governor. So this was his last movie before. Yep. Yeah, because I don't think he was really. I think because he had like a. I don't remember when did he have that heart thing. I think it might have been after his movie, and then I think so. Governor. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, he wasn't in any movies for a while there for a while. Right. But um, after this one, but uh. Yeah, it's kind of kind of weird. Like, I was looking. I guess this movie got horrible reviews, and I, I yeah, as we'll get into, I don't understand why. I don't either, man. I fucking love this movie. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, so it came in '99. I believe it was yeah filmed in the spring or something, from what I could tell. And um, we got uh, um, directed by peter himes and he also did a cinematography as well written by somebody named a andrew w malone but this peter himes guy um he did um time cop and relic okay. do you remember okay. relic yeah it doesn't look like he's made a movie since uh 2013. Yeah. but uh yeah he did he did, he did like, you know, he's been working since the seventies, you know, but, right. oh, he did, he was an executive producer on the monster squad. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he did like the Presidio time cop. Yeah. I mean, Relic is a pretty good movie, um, oh, yeah. but, uh, and then of course, let's look at the, let's see. So we got Arnold Schwarzenegger as Jericho Kane. Uh, Gabriel Byrne as the man, um, technically uh, the, the devil incarnate, right? Yeah. Um, Robert Robin Tooney as Christine York. Um, Kevin Pollack as Bobby Chicago. CCH Pounder as Detective Marge Francis. Um, you know, I, that's kind of like I mean, really, that's that's like the main main right. cast really not even i mean even cc h pounder is not a main cast necessarily but um and then of course you got udo kier as well as dr abel of course udo yep. kier was cla classic in all the 
horror, old horror movies and everything. And he had kind of had a little uh, resurgence this time because he was in, um, wasn't he in the in Blade as well, which came out I think around the same time. Yep. Did Blade come out? Was that ninety? Was that the same year? or Was it ninety seven? I think Blade was ninety seven. I yeah. think. Which actually is kind of like I want. I figured to start off with like before we get into applause, like I said, the stage of when this movie came out. I mean. 99 i mean everybody was worried about the whole y2k thing right you know like right for worried for real i mean that i mean we obviously have all seen all you know the craziness of uh of covid and everybody buying water and but that's kind of how it was in the lead up to y2k i remember places oh, yeah. water and yeah i mean yep. it was it was like very much like a a fear you know Oh, hell yeah. Do I remember uh, my buddy who owned the video store on New Year's Eve? He's like, I don't believe in this shit. But he's like, uh, we're going to, you want to come to the video store and hang out for New Year's Eve? I'll have beer and I'll have uh, food. <laughs> uh, I just don't want to get fucking robbed. So why don't you come hang out? I was like, cool. I was, what, 17 going on 18? I was like, I'm down. You're right. And then, yeah, I mean, in the end, nothing happened. Right. It was just like a normal, normal years. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's some, I don't know if there are people out there who really thought that, uh, that, um, you know, 2000 was going to start and like everything was going to shut down, you know? <laughs> I remember like everybody saying like, well, computers are going to hit zero and planes are going to crash to the ground. I, and I think that the, it was based off of a real thing, which was something about the internal computing needed some type of update, right? That like, yep. Cause they couldn't count that far. And I don't remember what it was exactly. Yeah, it now. Like it would go back to zero. Cause it couldn't go to 2000. It would go right back to 1900. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was a real thing. Like they had people, you know, they, people were being hired to do this Y2K reprogramming and stuff to like update computers. So everything would work out, work right. Or, you know, yep. But I don't, I don't really think that um, even if it went back to 1900, that it would have shut down like everything. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> I just think that that was that was pretty silly. I mean, I I I thought it was kind of silly, and I was I was only 12 years old, you know. <laughs> right. I was just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do had remember. War and... that night in the end, then I went to the movie store afterwards. Yeah. Like I, I remember, I think it was at my friend's house for that. And I, uh, but um, you know, it was New Year's Eve, and we counted it down, and everything was fine. We woke up the next day, and everything's normal. You know, so. I got my first speeding ticket the next day. Ever. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, January first, man. I was going to park, and I was like, "Motherfucker, really?" <laughs> and those Centennial cops got you. Yep, yep. Um, them or the Rapo County, like both some assholes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, so I think you think about it like that this movie very much is tapping into that, uh, like blatantly, you know, it's blatantly set at the time. So, I mean, I guess for some people it might seem a little silly looking back at it like in that way, but right. I think particularly for people who grew up or lived through in that time, you can kind of remember what that, the kind of fear people had about it and everything. And so, oh, yeah. It was crazy. yeah, so he still has relevance. Um, and then like the other things I was thinking about with this movie is that, um, 
the uh, the movie's like very much. I would say some of the things that influences going in this movie you could see is like seven. You know, right for sure, dude. Like, like, and I was thinking about it. I was like, there was definitely a real type of look and feel to a certain type of movie in this time. You know, right. Which you saw with a movie like a lot of movies that like and that came out in this like this time period, and I think a lot of that was probably influenced by Seven because Seven was such a huge, you know, bombshell. You know, in '97 yeah. or when it came out, or '96, I think it was. Yeah. Ninety-six, I think, and it's it really like shifted. I mean, I think there are already kind of movies looking like that in the earlier '90s, but it definitely changed a certain type of movies. I mean, all of a sudden you had a lot of movies start to look like that, and um, right, you know, like with the if the with a lot of the browns, kind of dark, very deep dark shadows, you know. Yeah. Which this movie? I mean, this movie looks beautiful. I mean, it it's like um. Is whatever whatever I mean it's it really is a very beautiful looking movie and I think it was one of the type of things you can only really do on film you know what I mean oh dude for sure but there's a lot of elements to it that you could I think you could see the influence of even Blade on a movie like that. I mean because this movie also much like Blade has a lot of the uh, the kind of top down scenes over the city you know what I mean yep I was trying to think what are some other movies that do that a lot with the, like the like where you're like over you know new york or the city or whatever like kind of top down like trying to create this kind of dread feeling you know right i can't think of like one that's like dreading wise but hacker did that a lot yeah well i was also thinking like the batman movies kind of do that oh dude for sure like in a certain weird way i was kind of reminding me of like maybe the first batman movie in that way you know what i mean yeah oh definitely dude and just like yeah like the scenes at the beginning where you have like the city you know, you're seeing New York City and and you're seeing like these top down shots with like the people like talking on the on the talk radio, you know? Yeah. Like really I don't know, it reminds me of something, but I can't think of what it is, but it definitely just has that feeling of a lot of movies from this time period, you know? Right, the Matrix. Yeah. Matrix and um Um Yeah, I just wonder it seemed like there was definitely like a thing. It was, this movie taps into that, taps into just like the kind of zeitgeist of that time of the nineties. I mean, there's a real obsession with cults. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of a po- you know, like the kind of apocalypse culture type of thing, you know? Right. Like apocalypse cults and there's kind of like a a type of satanic panic going on, particularly around like, you know, metal bands and like, you know. Right stuff like Marilyn Manson and death metal and stuff. You had all these like Christians, like having this kind oh, of yeah, story dude, about that's, it. That's 99, you know? man. Columbine, all that shit. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is the year of like Columbine and, and just like that kind of hysteria that was going around, you know? So, yep. and in a lot of ways, this movie taps into all those things, which is why I find it very surprising that it really didn't do that well when it came out, you know? Right. And, um, yeah, but I just I just really love the look of it. And yeah, I definitely think you can see that, that influence. I mean, and you can kind of see that with the Relic as well. The Relic kind of has that same type of feel to it, doesn't it? Oh, it does for sure. I love that movie. Yeah, with like all the dark, the kind of, it's like dark shadows and a lot of browns and yeah. So that's probably why part of why they picked. I guess uh, James Cameron was originally slated to do this movie. Okay. From what I read, but um. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. 
Like, like it says that. No, was it? Where did it say that? Um. Oh no, not James Cameron was supposed to. It was supposed to be. They were offered it to Sam Raimi and Guillermo del Toro originally. Oh damn, that would fucking do. Yeah, and um, and the 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 director got his job because James James Cameron, because James okay. Cameron is friends with Schwarzenegger, right? And so James James Cameron like um, like basically vouched for him to to do it to Arnold essentially, and that's how Arnold got it. Oh, nice. Okay, and I guess he had the heart thing before this movie. So this is kind of Arnold's comeback movie at the time. Okay, I knew it was something going on with Arnold at the time. Like it was something big for him to do it. Yeah, this was his first movie after his heart attack. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. And um, you know, like the um, so yeah, so I was saying, yeah, so it's, I yeah, but I think that that the movie. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I like about this movie is the way it looks. Like I was just very really struck by it when I was watching the movie. Oh hell yeah, dude! But yeah, I mean, and I was thinking about too, like um, the last week we get into the plot is that there was also a lot of satanic movies at this time. It was a lot. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like The Devil's Advocate. You had The Ninth right. Gate. You had Stigmata, and yep, um, Lost Souls, and um, just a bunch. Like I, I can end up forgetting the other name, some of the other ones, but. It was like a weird like run on satanic movies in in the late nineties, wasn't there? <laughs> oh yeah, dude, dude, for sure. But it's funny as well because Gabriel Bryan was in Stigma as a priest. Yeah, he was in Stigma as a priest. Now he's in this one as the devil. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think I kind of like him as the devil better. Oh, dude, for sure. But uh, but I also haven't seen Stigma. I haven't seen that in a long time. I remember watching that. I haven't seen that since I saw it in theater. So yeah, yeah. I, I think I haven't seen it since it came out. So. Right. Need to watch that sometime. Hell yeah, dude! And I was thinking, like the the introduction, like the 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 opening credits in this movie kind of feel like a lot of those satanic movies with like kind of fire and like burning right and stuff, you know? Yeah. But basically, like, and and this 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 intro that's in the seventies, where we see like you know the Catholic Church and we see the birth of um of uh robin tunney's character right what's her name christine Christine. yeah um and you see like they take take her down into the the basement you like the kill you know sacrifice the serpent on her and all stuff yeah all that definitely the look of it reminded me a lot of like the the scenes in blade like in the past like when blade was born you know yeah they remind me of that also reminded me like the omen yeah, it definitely had an omen feeling to it. Yeah. It's definitely another uh, pro-Catholic movie. Oh, for sure, dude. <laughs> they wouldn't make for a movie sure. like this nowadays. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, so the... Uh, uh, so, yeah, so that's how we so were, were shown at first, and then, and, then, and then we're transported 20 years into the future, and it's, you know... Three days before New Year's Eve, essentially, right? Yep. That's when yep. we start, and that's that we yep. we. Like I said, it does a really cool job of setting the scene and setting the tone with the kind of 
the shots of the city with a kind of like, I guess, a kind of like, um, I don't know, they, the way that they shoot the city and I think the music underneath and you, then you got like the the people the talking about the Y2K thing and all that stuff on the right. talk radio really gives it a very like dark feeling, I feel like, you know what I mean? Oh, dude, for sure. Like it makes you feel like something something bad's gonna happen, kind of, you know. Right, gives that ominous feeling to it. Yeah, it's very ominous, like which I think works really well, and it's really cool to see, you know, New York City, particularly, you know, in the '90s. You know what I mean? Right. Right back when New York was still more of a more of a city. <laughs> yeah. And um. And they, yeah, so then I, that's when we were introduced to to. Arnold is Jericho Kane. Right. And I think his introduction is like great. I mean, it tells you a lot. I mean, he's, you know, he has his gun. He's about to kill himself. Like, you know, something's wrong. He looks all fucking haggard. Yep. You know, and, um, and you see like his, like his, his apartment and it's a, it's a mess. And there's like Pepto-Bismol bottles and old pizza boxes and just looks disgusting. Yeah. Right, he puts that shit on the blender. Yeah, and then his friend shows up, and and they, you know, they got to go to work, and he like brings him some coffee, and he makes the bl- the thing in the blender, which is yeah. the so disgusting. It's like, oh yeah, this like coffee, black coffee, and then I think, I think he like put, pizza. puts a, he puts like a slice of pizza from the ground, yeah, and half of another slice of pizza, and then he puts like a bottle of Pepto Bismol. <laughs> Right. And like, like part of an old glass of beer, yep. Like mixes, and then a couple carton can cartons of chi- old Chinese food, right? Blends it all together. And I was thinking about that. I was wondering if that's kind of a joke because, that, like Arnold, uh, Arnold's doing uh, on himself, right? Because you know, because if you watch like Arnold's videos, like on social media, he's always making like these weird, like smoothies, yep. Like with you know, like. He's like he's all about making these like weird smoothies. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm wondering if this was like a a purpose, like he kind of put a little joke a joke on himself in the movie. You know what I mean? Right. Of like making this disgusting smoothie. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it would be like the kind he would actually make a smoothie like that in real life. But <laughs> right. I, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Not you for sure. But yeah. So so that we find out we basically infer that Jericho Kane was an ex-cop, but now he's, like, working as, like, a security department force, I guess. Right. He's, like, hired to, to protect, like, people. Yep. And um, they're, they're like, going to go protect some uh, investment banker. But yeah. I'm trying to think, before that happened, though, is when the guy, guy gets possessed, right? No, no, this happens first. Because I remember, if I remember right, because it's no, they protect it, him and they kill the guy who's the priest. Yeah, and they but, don't know why. Like, why would a priest want to kill an accountant? Yeah, but I think before that is when it happens. Actually, is it okay? I can't remember off the top of my head. I just watched this like two nights ago, and I like yeah, right. I just yeah. watched it at the beginning of the week. And I like forgot the order of stuff happened. Yep. Um. Yeah. No. So before we. Introduce them. I did. I did figure about that. Is the scenes with um, the um, the uh, 
the scenes where with the guy with uh, Gabriel Byrne's character getting possessed. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, at the at the restaurant. At that's the right. restaurant. Yep. So and we see this stuff with like these guys and this fire shoots out of the out of the out of the, out of the what do you call it? Um, sewers and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Is there something about that kind of reminding me of uh, of of Ghostbusters a little bit? Oh, I could definitely see that, dude. You know, like the scenes of like them, like in the sewers, and you know what I mean, right? Um, yeah. So the fire shoots up, and the devil comes, and I guess this guy has been chosen to be his vessel in the same way that yep. uh, Robin Tooney's character was uh, chosen to be the the bride or whatever, right? um as apparently that's what needs to happen and um yeah so that's what that's that's the first scene that we see is and then after that is when we get introduced to jericho kane right because then we find out that they are trying to protect this guy who is the devil Gary burn who's like yeah he's like a wall street broker or something like that and um and they're there, and then all of a sudden, uh, somebody starts shooting at them. Yeah. From, from like the, uh, what do you call it? Um, fire escapes. And uh, and then of course we get the kind of pursuit, which is a pretty cool action scene, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, for an old, uh, you know, chasing this guy and. And eventually they get down to like he gets down to like a uh what do you call it uh subway like old subway station and um the guy says some stuff about like uh, the thousand years is done or something like that yeah shoots him in the leg but that's when the cops show up after that i mean and uh also um arnold takes some stuff from this guy's coat and we find out that the guy's a priest yeah, but the cops show up, and that's when we kind of find out that Jericho is an ex-cop because he knows these pe- these cops. Yeah, and um, and uh, basically, like, he found out the guy cut out his tongue or doesn't have a tongue. So yeah, they think he's crazy because he says the guy cut talks. So I, yeah, you know. but he did grab this this um. I guess a um, book of matches from a bar and that's where they go to the bar and they find out that this guy was, you know, a drunk regular there and they, and he gives his like logic of like, you know, if you're a, if you're drunk, like eventually people are going to like take, you have to take you home. <laughs> right. It's like, I know from experience, you know, <laughs> yeah. So you're like, so you get it. I feel like, I feel like with uh, Arnold, you know, he had I think he does a pretty good job of playing this kind of character who's like kind of down on his luck, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll do for sure. He always looks a little disheveled in this role. Right. But yeah, so they that but they end up finding the the kind of the guy's like basement thing that he's living in, which yeah. Uh one guy's making a joke about how it's rent controlled. I was like, I wonder how how this how he's living. I mean, this that would be like one of those kind of basements that probably existed in new york back in the day that does not exist anymore i would imagine right you know what i mean oh uh, like i would i wouldn't be surprised if there was like some dingy disgusting basement apartment like that in oh uh, i'm sure 
particularly back in like the 70s and stuff in New York, you know what I mean? Right. Maybe up until the 90s, I don't know, but but it is. But, you know, so we're seeing, I just like disgusting. And I think this is where you also see the influence of Seven quite a bit. Like this, 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 um, the set looks very much like, like, like something out of Seven, I think. Right. Like of all the stuff everywhere, you know what I mean? Yep. And for some reason, the guy's keeping a picture of the of Christine in, in his refrigerator, which I don't. <laughs> right. I always thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. So they kind of have, a, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. I guess Jericho's pretty interested in all this, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. I mean, they're, they're, they've inscribed like uh, on the wall too. They inscribed some type of message. We didn't know it came from later on. He figured out it came from the Bible. Yeah. Uh, about the they had a thousand years of done. The devil returns or whatever. Um. But um. Yeah. So trying to remember the order i guess that as around this time we also find out that christine um because earlier we the the nurse that we saw earlier yep. was like a devil worshiper we yeah. find out that christine's like foster you know stepmother is is this nurse yeah so you automatically know okay yeah the satanic cold and then her doctor is udo kier yeah who is the uh, the satanic priest? So right. we know she's kind of in the clutches of these these uh, these these people, right? The the cult, and yep. um, and she because she has like weird visions. Like the one yeah. guy, it's funny that one guy with the weird hair who's like the like, homeless dude or whatever. Yeah, I feel like he was in other stuff too around his time. Yeah, I think so. Dude. I think he's even in like Blade too or something like that, or at least Blade. Yeah, he's in one of those. He's like in a lot of these kind of movies. Like anytime they wanted like a weird looking guy, they just got this guy. <laughs> right. You know, like in this time period where they're like, oh, we want to have like some weird looking dude who um looks kind of alternative. We're just gonna, we're gonna have this guy in this movie because he was in yeah. a lot of movies around this time. I feel like. Oh yeah, dude. <sighs> I uh, yeah, but um, I and I think it's funny too, like as um. As the devil's walking around, like, because we see scenes of Gabriel Byrne, like, wa- like walking through the city, right? Seeing like the the symbols, like you know, painted everywhere. And I guess there's these symbols that help lead him to where he needs to go. Yeah. Um, I like how I think it's funny because they they put like um just kind of like, mixed in with the soundtrack. They have like very light of like the metal soundtrack that's that right. came out with this album. <laughs> Nope. but it's not really like the song's blaring it's kind of like almost like he's listening to it in his head or something right you know what i mean uh uh-huh. i think that's a funny use of, i think that's a kind of a funny music of music you know oh, it is dude i also think it's so funny that scene where like the kids wearing a t-shirt of like satan or whatever and he's like nice shirt and he's like fuck you and then he gets hit by the bus yeah <laughs> it's like nice shirt but yeah yep. yeah um so yeah so uh, I forget. Um, the that's right. So the the devil goes to like where the priest is. Yeah, crucifies him up to on the ceiling. Right. 
Yep. But before that, I guess I guess the priest like carved something on his chest, like Christine yeah. in New York. That's what they figure out. Yeah. Christine York. So that's how they figure out her name. They look her up into the into the you know database, and then they go and visit her. But when they're going to go visit her, um, some like I guess Catholic assassins go there to, first and trying to kill her. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, I guess there's like two different factions in the in the Catholic Church. We find out there's one faction that doesn't want to kill her, and one faction that does. <laughs> yeah. Which I, mean, I guess makes sense. Yeah. You know. Um, and uh, but the, yeah, they 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 thwart the them killing her, and um, and everything, and but Jericho's kind of starting to figure things out, I guess. Right. But I don't think he doesn't seem to really. He doesn't believe in all stuff like because, you know, his his wife and kids were murdered because he was a cop, a good cop. He was like went to go testify against some gang or something like that, right? You know. Yep. Which I guess gives it a little bit of the of the crow too, huh? Oh, it does, dude, for sure. Or like Max Payne or something. Yep. Um. And ever since then, he has he doesn't believe in God and, and all that. No, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't think that God would exist in the world, right? You know, that kind of thing. Right. Um. But I think he kind of, I think he's kind of projecting like his daughter onto Christine somewhat, so he starts to feel like like responsible for for helping her. You know. Yeah. I, that's the feeling I get because they show that she has like the same you know music box that her daughter had. So I think I think that that's like the the movie version of trying to connect that, trying to be like, yeah, I know he sees her as his daughter, kind of, you know, right? Um, and um, which I think is a good direction to go, rather than there being some type of weird love fa- love thing or something, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I feel like some movies might have tried to push that. I think oh, it's dude. better. It's better that they didn't. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, for sure. It doesn't. It works a lot better. It being kind of like the way it is, you know. Um. But yeah, I mean, the like I like the whole part. Eventually, the he does like um go back to talk to her, and that's when that's when the devil guy comes and. Uh, sets fire to the kills his friend and sets fire to the house and all that stuff, right? So, yeah, and uh, and they run off, and uh, he takes her to the church, and um, and that's when uh, but he has kind of like a the because he went to the church earlier and he found out they like people with like stigmata and there's all all the stuff going on at this church, yeah. He takes him back to there, takes her there. She decides to stay in the church, but he he's like he's like fuck this. Like I trust in my gun. He's kind of acting like Conan a little bit, you know. Like yeah, right. Conan's always like if I can if I can if I if it bleeds I can kill it. That's kind of like that's right. Kind of Gerald Kane's idea. I can, if I can shoot it, then we're okay. But I mean, you can't really can't really shoot. I guess you have to do a lot of damage, as we find out later, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, then what what happens? And then and then the devil comes to uh to his house 
Which I think is where Jericho really like actually like comes to really believe in it, that something's going on, right? You know, yeah. I think before that he could he was kind of like he knew something was going on, but I think this whole like uh, confrontation with the devil where he tries to like tempt him and everything. I I mean I think Abel Byrne does a real good job in this part as well. Oh hell yeah, he does. Trying to like tempt him and you know like ensnare him and everything, you know. Yeah. Um, like we, which you know, in my opinion, he go he's up there with you know, this kind of portrayals of the devil with like you know Gabriel Byrne, you know, if um sorry Robert De Niro, you know, or or Al Pacino, you know. Yeah, dude, for sure. I think he does a really good job. I mean, obviously, Robert De Niro's portrayal in Angel Heart is a lot more like understated, you know. But <laughs> oh yeah, I don't. Although Al Pacino's is a lot more overstated than Gabriel Burns. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, dude. Because Al Pacino's one is pretty over the top. <laughs> oh, dude, absolutely. I don't know. Gabriel Burns is a really good actor, so he really, to me, he really sells it. Yeah, oh, dude, for sure. He looks the part. He acts the part. He does a really good job. He looks like he's having fun. Yep. The whole time he's playing the devil, he looks like he's having fun. He really looks like he's enjoying being evil, which I think is exactly what he should be. Oh, yeah. It's like at the beginning when he first is the devil and he goes over the girl and, like, grabs her boob and he just smiles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's the part earlier where he, like, punches. He just, like, punches Udo Kira's face in. Yeah. That part's so brutal. Like, you're not expecting it at all. So he just, like, right. bat, like fuck, punches his fist through the guy's face. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, but, yes, then... But then, like, yeah, that's when we have the whole part where he tries to shove Jericho through the through the window, but then Jericho manages to pull him through the window. Yeah. And he like, gets up and, like, has to, like, his hands are all cut and everything. But then um, all of a sudden his friend, he has a knock at the door, he opens it, and it's his friend there, you know, who he thought was dead. Yeah. Which... You know, you know. I think he should have been a little bit more suspicious, but <laughs> right, no, dude, for sure. Like he just magically is there right then, you know. But oh. uh, as we'll find out later. But um, yeah. But that's 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 how we we find out pretty. We figure it out pretty quick. Oh yeah, dude. You know, he tells them, "Oh yeah, she's at the church." So they go to the church, and then. Uh, that's where it gets there. The Catholic assassins are trying to murder again, but he stops them again. And that's when the devil decides to show up and, you know, he has no problem getting into the church. I guess he couldn't see into the church is what they said earlier, but, but he has no problem walking into it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So we have a whole confrontation with, with the devil murdering all these, these, church people and then right which is pretty brutal and although the main priest at this place i guess doesn't get killed but all the other ones get killed yeah um are you know they try to escape um you know with, with his friend driving up in the car but then his friend just drives away after the girl gets in the car and that's when we find out that yeah he's he's like a, a servant of of satan basically now yeah 
and all these masses of people because that's one thing we start to find out in this movie is that there's literally thousands and thousands of you know these satanists right out there including like uh uh, as we find out in this part, including including his old, you know, his old friend and the police and all these people are are part of this cult, you know. Yeah. And they they beat him, and then they basically like um, they basically crucify him up on the side of the church. Right. And this whole scene of like the rain and everything, it really definitely makes me think of like uh, like the crow and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, sure. Like one hundred percent. This is very. I mean, this movie is very much, very much, very nineties. <laughs> it's it's very nineties. Um, but yeah, they didn't kill him though. They just they just like hung him up on this crucifix for some reason. So right, it's, they're they're bad, I guess. Yep. Uh, but the priest like manages to get him down, and uh, yeah, he figures out. He once he get once he wakes up. I mean, he only got about like what, like an hour, two hours until the devil. You know, he has to consummate this thing with with what with what's her name. You yeah, know, like at a certain time, like right before a strike of midnight, basically. Yeah, on the end of the you know ninety nine to into two thousand. Right. I guess the last. I guess he can do this every thousand years or something. That's what that's what the, that's what the movie says, right? So yeah. So he tried to do this at, from 999 to 1000, but then that didn't happen either. It it didn't. He was thwarted in that time, but you know. So he's trying again. If he can do this, then he can open the gates of hell on the earth and remake everything. That's the, you know that's what they say in the movie. Right. So, yep. um, so Jericho goes and loads up on a bunch of bunch of gear. You know. <laughs> Some some guns and some some grenade launch, you know, is like a AR-15 with like a grenade launcher on it and all that stuff. And uh, he figures out where where the kind of secret. It's like there's like a uh, old um, theater. Yeah. And he goes into the theater, and then you follow he goes these like kind of tunnels till when you get to this uh this kind of underground place where the ritual is gonna be done and um yeah i I think the set design for all this part is pretty cool, oh hell yeah, it is dude with like all the all the people with the ritual and everything, I think it's a really cool like black mass type of set, right, and uh yeah, Jericho thwarts them, we have like a whole like uh cool i mean it's a pretty brutal battle scene there and then you know like they have the whole scene with like the the subway system and through it through all this he manages to damage particularly through him the subway stuff manages to damage the body enough that the, the devil can't use it anymore you know can't heal it or do anything so then the devil leaves the body and starts chasing after him and they get into the church and that's when uh Finally, the devil bursts through as like that that demon, which actually looks not too bad. Even you know, no, nah. I thought it looked pretty good for. I mean, because it looked like it was like not like a hundred percent CGI, right? Like it was. I think it might have been like you know, like I'm not sure what how they. I think it must have been like a puppet with some CGI or something. It didn't look. It looked like more like old school. It didn't look you know in the late '90s. They had a lot of movies 
he had a lot of movies. Like, I mean, if you think the same year just came out, you had House on Haunted Hill, which ended with like a weird CGI thing. Right. You know what I mean? Or like The Haunting. You know, there's a lot of movies in of these big CGI things. I I feel like this one looked a little bit more old school. It didn't look look the same as a lot of those like late nineties CGI creatures, you know. Right. I thought it looked pretty good. All in all, you know, with a bit more old old fashioned kind of yep. graphics. Um, but yeah, they try to possess Jericho and do the deed. Uh, but he resists and he kills himself on a on a sword of an angel that had fallen down. So distorts the devil and I guess is redeemed as well himself. Right. Which I guess was an ending that they um the director came up with. Okay. He felt, he felt like because originally I guess the original ending was that that was gonna happen, but then Jericho was gonna like not be dead basically. You know, right. he'd be like miraculously healed or whatever. You know what I mean? And get yeah. up and they'd, they'd walk out. But then I guess the director told Arnold, he felt, he's like, I think it would be a lot more effective if you die. I think it'd be a, just a more effective ending as a story and as your character as well. You know? Yeah. That you're kind of like really redeemed yourself, gave you everything for something good, you know? Right. And so Arnold got convinced, and and they did it, and they directed, they did, they shot both scenes, and and everybody agreed that that the director's version was better, so they oh, kept nice. it. Which is kind of surprising that they kept the ending with Arnold dying, but you know, I right. do think it works pretty good. Oh, it does, dude, for sure. I think it makes more sense for his character, you know. Oh yeah. Like you know, his character kind of also reminds me a little. Like you remember in like Lethal Weapon one. Like how like Mel Gibson was like trying to wanted to kill himself and was kind of like, yeah, kind of like on it. I feel like I feel like a, a little bit of Jericho is the model off that, but he's a bit more brooding than 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 uh, Mel Gibson's character, right? But yeah, I mean, I think that that and Arnold also kind of looked like he didn't try to he didn't try to bulk up like a whole month, you know. Like I think he realized that he shouldn't look like Conan to do this part. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, he's still Arnold, but he doesn't look like uh, ridiculous. You know, he's not like, you know, as gi- giant as some of those other movies. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, dude, for sure. So I think he manages to. to uh, I mean, I think he does a really good job. It's one of those movies that shows that he has some range as an actor, you know? Oh, definitely, dude. I always liked him in, as this character, like, even when I saw it when it first came out, you know? Yep, agreed. But yeah, so like um what does it say? I I forgot that that what's her name? Um Robin Tony's in this. I mean she's like she was in the craft, right? So Yep. This was like what this is like three years after the craft. Craft came out in ninety six. Yeah. I don't think I've seen her in anything in a long time though. I haven't either. Like I feel like her I don't think her career went anywhere really, huh? Right. <laughs> but she does a pretty good job. I think I read that um where I read that originally uh Oh yeah, Kate Winslet. It first was Liv Tyler and then Kate Winslet was set to play the character. Oh wow, okay. And then Robin Tunney came in. Yeah. So 
But I think all of them, you know, I think I think Robin Tony does a good job as the character as, he, as she can do. Yep. And originally, the Jericho Kane character was supposed to be Tom Cruise. Oh wow! But he dropped out due to Magnolia. Okay. I don't think I would have liked this movie as much if, if it was Tom Cruise. I don't think so. To be honest. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Arnold brings a lot to a lot of goodwill to this movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> For me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But you know, even because it is kind of mixing horror and action. You know, it's still an action movie. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that. You know, obviously, I have a lot of respect for Tom Cruise and his stunts and all the stuff he does. Oh, yeah, dude. But as an action star, I'm much more into the Arnold type of yep. action star. You know what I mean? Personally. Oh, agreed. 100%. You know, I guess that's he grew up with Arnold and Sylvester Stallone and, and those kind of guys. So that's like that's like my phone from, you know, for me, an action movie, I either want those kind of guys or I want like James Bond. You know what I mean? I don't really. Right. I'm not a big fan of Tom Cruise per se. Yeah, I don't hate him, but I right. kind of prefer I prefer him in movies like Eyes Wide Shut or something. You know, yeah, than an action yeah, movie. You know, yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah. Overall, like to me, I think this movie. I mean, it's movie I like to. I haven't watched it in a little while, but I like to watch it around this time of year. You know, it's a perfect movie to watch like right before New Year's Eve. You know, right and um it really you know even though they filmed it in like probably late spring or something it looks like they made the city really look like you know new york in in december yep. you know what i mean oh, dude, for sure which i've never gotten this, to be in new york during december i bet i bet it's pretty nice <laughs> that's what i've heard like with all the, the lights and and everything you know right but uh, yeah. So it, I don't know. Overall, like I said, I think it's great. I think that it looks great, has a great atmosphere, a great feeling. Yep. I think it's well directed. I mean, I just don't understand. Uh, it literally on Rotten Tomatoes only has ten percent. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> but if you go on Amazon and some of the other stuff where it's only user reviews, it's all like it's like it's like four point five. Okay. So I think it might. Be, I think it. I think this movie might be one of those ones where people who aren't critics like it and critics just savage it for some reason. Right. Which is kind of what happened to Phantoms as well, you know? Yep. So I don't know. Maybe this is a trend where it's like... <laughs> right. But I mean, I liked this movie when it came out. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Um, I remember buying the soundtrack too back then. Oh, I forget. I, I forget all what all is on the soundtrack now, but... I did too, but I remember I really enjoyed it when it came out. I know I had like Rob Zombie on it, right? Because I because you hear a little, like I said, when the devil, certain parts of the devil, like you hear some of the soundtrack. Like that's the only way you hear the soundtrack, right? You know. Yep. And it's it, in it. Yeah, let's see. We got corn. Okay. Limp Biscuit, Guns and Roses, The Prodigy. Yeah, Super Beast from Rob Zombie. Bad Influence from Eminem. Power Man 5000. Sonic Youth. And unfortunately, you also have Creed. I forgot right. about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's good and bad on here. It's not all good. Yeah. I definitely had a soundtrack, that's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, 
yeah, some of it's good, some is bad. I, I feel like uh, I think I heard that some of a lot of the some like you know Arnold, I kind of like kind of likes heavier music, so he puts puts that in a lot of his stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's a huge. I know he's a huge Guns and Roses fan. That's why almost every movie he does has a Guns and Roses song in it. Yeah, he seems to throw like like some of the like some heavier like metal stuff. Yeah, which is cool. You know, oh, hell yeah, yeah, which yeah, and um. Yeah, it's kind of too bad that that this was also. I mean, in my opinion, for me, this is one of my favorite Arnold movies, actually. Oh, dude, I agree. Like you know, like in the pantheon of Arnold, you know, I mean, I think this is a better movie than like Commando or something. You know, right. as much as I love like you know, I love Commando and a lot of his '80s action movies. I think this is a little bit better than those movies. Like just right. a better made movie. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, absolutely. Uh, and uh, it's kind of unfortunate because this is probably, I mean, one of his last movies like this, right? I mean, he hasn't really done anything since then. No, not really, not too much. I mean, he's been in like the Expendable or not? Is it the Expendables? Expendables. Like, I think he's. I don't. I don't know. I haven't watched his movies, but I know that he. I've seen like a clip of him showing up in one of them. Yeah, he's like in it, but he's not really in it a lot. It's more like a cameo. <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah, it's just like a cameo. Yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking about it, I was like, I mean, I'm going to double check, but I think that, uh, let's see, well, because he was, yeah, because he was the, uh, let's see. Yeah, he was, he was in. You know, there was literally a period where, I mean, the only movie he was in was Terminator 3, really. Right. After he was, obviously after he was governor, he wasn't really anything in, except for, and then, yeah, he's been in a few things, so, but I haven't seen any of these movies. The Last right. Stand. Uh-uh. Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> uh. Uh, Escape Plan with, uh, has Sylvester Sloan as well. Yep. I had seen that. Nope. Sabotage. I don't know what this is. Oh. Uh. Maggie. I did see that. I forgot about that. That's actually a really good movie. Is that, it's a good movie? Yeah, it's about his daughter gets bit by a zombie and he watches her slowly deteriorate into a zombie. Oh, wow. More of a drama, but it's really good. Oh, cool. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, then he was in what, Terminator Genesis and Dark Fate. Yeah. Uh, see, Aftermath. All right. Uh, yeah, this one was just released on VOD, so this is right. weird. I mean, it's weird to have a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger that was released straight to, straight to video, basically. Right. Uh... Killing Gunter, All right. which I guess is like a action comedy. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen half the shit he's done lately. Uh. Uh-uh. I should say all of it, pretty much. Yeah, I haven't seen any of this. And um, let's see. I guess he was in. A, he's in a TV show too, as well, called Food Bar. Oh. Uh-huh. And I, which yeah, that's new, that just came out this year, so I don't feel bad about that. But yeah, so there's some movies I haven't seen, but 
I would say that this is probably the last of his, like, uh, see, the only movie he did right after this was The Sixth Day. Okay. Like, the media after in 2000. Right. Roger, Roger Spot is Wood, who I believe also had done uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, the Bond movie. I, I have not, I, I know the cover of this. If you yeah, look at the cover, I've never seen it. I've never seen that movie either. And Collateral Damage, which I do think I saw back in the day. Yeah, I think I saw that back. I think that's when he's the firefighter, if I remember right. What's that? I think he's a firefighter now, if I remember right. Yeah, he is, yeah. And uh, goes to Columbia and kills some. some it's kind of like, like Commander, Commando Part 2 or something, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, after this, he became King Governor and everything, but. So I would say this is the last like great Arnold movie though. I mean that yeah, I as far as far as like being like dark, you know what we expect from Arnold movies like with action and you know everything. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, what are some of your like what are some of your your final thoughts about the movie? You know, I remember seeing it in theaters and just like loving it and just going, dude, like I thought it was like such a fucking brilliant movie at the time, and I still love it to this day. And the scenery is beautiful. It's shot beautifully. And it's just one of the movies that, to this day, it holds up. And I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. It it really... It very much captures the 90s in a lot yes. of ways. Like, what's going on in the 90s. But at the same time, it, it holds up really well, you know, in my opinion. And I might also, because I just love that type of aesthetic from that period of time. Oh, hell yeah, dude. You know, like... Obviously, you also got like shows like Millennium. You got there's so much stuff that has this really dark, shadow heavy aesthetic uh, that was really popular in the, the mid to late nineties. And right. I mean, I think I think people forget that. I, I mean, there was like this kind of shiny bullshit of like you know like NSYNC and Britney Spears and stuff going on, but but there was also like a really big amount of very a lot of darkness. That was actually pretty popular in the '90s, if you think about it. You know, post grunge and everything. You know, and alternative music taking over. And I mean, you think about how popular like bands like Marilyn Manson and and like the new metal bands, even or all that kind of stuff that was going on in the '90s. You know, like there's pretty big, it was big stuff. You know. Oh yeah, dude. It was like it was just like a people were a lot more into this really dark type of thing. I feel like. Right. I've, I, you know, maybe it seems like that's kind of coming back now, but, but definitely it was like a big thing in, in the late nineties and then kind of kept going to, into the early two thousands as well. But, um, there's just a certain type of look and feel to stuff at this time that I really like. It. And that's part of probably two, this is the last era before you started getting all those. Cause it's my problem with the early two thousands movies is you started getting, the underworld effect, as they call it. Like, I mean, I like the underworld movies, but every movie, I feel like every movie for a long time had this kind of weird blue filter over everything, you know? Right. Yeah. And that was because they started using um, too much CGI, so they figured out that if they did this kind of blue or green filter over all the film, that it, that it kind of made the CGI look better, you know? Right. Masked it a little bit. So suddenly, every movie had its kind of blue look to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's something I like about the '90s is that movies didn't have that kind of over the top, you know, like 
uh, what do you, uh, post-production to the right. film. Like, you know, like this movie is filmed on film and, you know, like the director, I like, tried to have all the lighting and everything in camera, you know? So what you're seeing is, is what was on set, you know, like it's very just like rich, like colors and, and shadows and, you know, just like the way that it looks isn't like super processed and stuff like what, what started happening in the kind of early digital world. You know what I mean? Right. I think I can have a lot of nostalgia for how movie, a lot of so many movies looked like this in, in that time in the nineties when they're still using film, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I, I do think this movie like manages to do both of those things. It's, and yeah, I mean, every time I watch it, I just, I love it, you know, like, Oh yeah, dude. Even, you know, like, you just got to accept the plot and what's going on as, as it is what it is, you know, like go, okay. Yeah, sure. The devil <laughs> comes back every thousand years, you know, he's go, okay, let's run with it. You know, yep. as soon as you buy the end of that, I mean, movie's like just a lot of fun and it's really dark and really cool atmosphere. And, um, I felt, I felt the same way, same way about it now watching it that I felt about it when I saw it in the theaters, you know, in 99, you know what I mean? Oh hell yeah, dude! But yeah, so what's what would your uh, your score be for this guy? Four and a half out of five. Yeah, I'm there. I'm the same, definitely. Yep. Like it's not a perfect movie, but it, it's definitely one. It's one of those up, up movies that's up there. And again, like with Phantoms, I hope the people check it out. You know, who right. have, maybe haven't seen it because I do think this is a little bit of a, a forgotten movie for particularly oh, yeah, probably for. Probably probably for some younger people, you know what I mean? Right. Like if I have any younger people, I don't know if there's any younger people seeing this podcast, but <laughs> right. <laughs> but even if you saw it back in the day and forgot about it, you know, yep. love, I love movies set in uh, Manhattan as well. Oh it's yeah, a good one. And I love how like the ending is like the balls dropping and they're counting down to ten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It. It's like. You could probably what well, I think would be kind of a cool idea would be to watch this movie on New Year's Eve, right? And put it on at like ten o'clock because it's like yep. two hours movie, you know, so that it's like timed out so that as the movie's ending and the ball's dropping, the ball you know dropping in real life, you could totally do that with this movie, you know. Oh hell yeah, you could, dude. Be kind of be kind of a, a, uh, an idea, if, you know, if you some time to do that, you know. Right. Hell yeah. There's only been one movie I want to do that with, and that's Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2? Yeah, because if you put it on at a certain point, I think it's you have to put it on like a 10 25 at night. But the minute uh, Bill Murray says Happy New Year, it'll be midnight. Oh, really? You can do that with that one? Yeah. I really need to rewatch the Ghostbusters movie because. I, it's been actually a, a minute since I've watched both of them. Dude, I got them both. Do you have them? I actually don't own them. That's that's probably I haven't seen them. Because I've been wanting to buy that set that has them and some of the... Right. Yeah, like in the, some of the cartoon. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I haven't got bought it yet. But yeah, I, I mean, I used to watch those movies so much when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, dude. Like all the time. But it's it's at that point now where it's like it's it's been a minute since I watched them, so right. 
I think I've probably seen the first one more than the second one, but oh yeah, dude, for sure. But I've seen both of them so a lot. I, it's definitely definitely time to to rewatch those movies for me. Right. Like um. What was the thing? What was the thing about the um? That's why. I, I, isn't all the Ghostbusters the movie, the TV show on YouTube? Oh yeah, I did the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, I watch all those on there. Does the does the cartoon show still hold up? Oh hell yeah, dude! Especially the first like, if you watch if you watch them on YouTube, dude, the first couple seasons, dude, they are so fucking still well done. Well, I know that some of the guys who who wrote the scripts for them are guys who did like adult shows and stuff as well like you know and i know there's one that even has like lovecrafty and stuff in it oh yeah dude like that's what i loved about that show like watching it as a kid i loved it but watching it as an adult and you rewatch you're like shit there's so many things behind it that are like lovecrafty and are just dark horror you know yeah meant for kids but there's still like adult themes to it as a kid you never caught on i feel like a lot of shows cartoon shows in that time period were like that though if you think about like the batman animated series or stuff like that you know what i mean yeah like like some of those cartoon shows were going aiming for like kids but then their if their parents are watching it too the parents could get something out of it you know what i mean right so then it makes it even better like when you're you've grown up and you rewatch them and you're like you saw that kid nostalgia, but then as an adult, you're like liking them even more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're picking up on stuff that you didn't even pick up on as a kid. Right. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Eventually, yeah, we should probably cover Ghostbuster movies. Oh, hell yeah. I'm down for that. <laughs> the new one's coming out next year, right? Yeah, dude. It looks so fucking good. I need to watch the last one, the, the last like few one. Afterlife was good, dude. I'll let you borrow it. Like, I was really impressed with it. Yeah, I, I want to watch that before the new one comes out. That's yeah, really good. Like, it's very nostalgic for sure. Like, they definitely play on the nostalgia a lot, but it's actually a good story. Yeah. And then, yeah, and the new movie's picking up where I left off, right? Yeah. Yes, it is, dude. Yeah, I need to. I need to. Yeah, I need to watch that. Oh, I know. I definitely, definitely didn't bother watching the stupid remake that they did. I watched it once only because it was like on TV, and I didn't even make it through the whole damn thing. <laughs> and I was like, I don't give a fuck that it was women. It's just so badly written. Yeah, like that didn't bother me. I was like, yeah, whatever. It's just so badly written, and I was like, "This is not what Ghostbusters is meant to be." Yeah, I haven't. I didn't hear anything really good about it at all. No, like people will bash you if you don't like, because oh, you just don't want movies with women. I'm like, no, I don't go fuck. It's just not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And I, and I mean, I gotta point out that it's a little silly, just like swapping genders for no reason. Right, like that made no sense, and then like. Dude, what they did with Chris Hemsworth in that movie such bullshit. What did they? They made him like this, like the most stupidest person ever on earth. 
Like he's their secretary. They only hired him because he's hot, but he like doesn't know shit. He's like the dumbest person ever. Like it's almost like a 10 year old, like a 30 year old body. It's dumb. Oh shit, dude, I lost you. Hold up. Can you hear me now? Yeah, no, I can hear you. Yeah, I probably just cut out. Um, yeah. I don't ever really watched any anything any movies really to report on since the, since the last episode. I mean I neither dude. Like actually the last movie I did watch was Ghostbusters. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I was on the Ghostbusters mood. I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, for some reason, after watching End of Days, it kind of feel like made me feel like watching Ghost. Like I said earlier, there's something about some of those scenes that kind of remind me of Ghostbusters in some weird way. <laughs> right, right. Kind of because you know, I, I think it's because Ghostbusters has so much of the the city and and yeah. you know the parts that are going on in the sewers and there's the ectoplasm. You know, right. It just makes me think of. Uh, and for some reason, that that early part of this movie kind of made me, and it made me kind of want to watch Ghostbusters. Right? Yeah, dude, I'll let you borrow them, dude. Cool, dude. Make sure you get them back. Those are like, those are like some of my pride and joy movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to, my best friend as kids, dude. Fuck. We had all the Ghostbusters shit. Like I was Peter Bakeman, he was Egon. Yeah. We had the proton packs that would shoot the little styrofoam out. Oh yeah, the pro. Yeah, I never had the proton packs. The trap that didn't work ever. He had the trap. It never worked. You'd throw that thing and push that damn button, never open. Yeah, the trap sucked. Yeah, you had to, like go over and like pry it with your hands out the damn one. Yeah, they, I remember they didn't. They didn't work very good. No. I had like the. I had some. I had a bunch of the action figures. Oh hell yeah, dude! I still can smell the slime. Yeah, yeah, the slime had a very certain smell to it. <laughs> yes, it did. Like I can't describe it, but I can smell it. It kind of smelled a little bit like glue, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Or something like that. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it's not the only thing that smelled like because uh, it's like this weird plastic use. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. But a lot. Uh, what was the other thing that smelled like that? It was uh. What's the other goo stuff you could get? It was like um, the Nickelodeon goo. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that shit, dude. There was a lot of like weird goo stuff in the late in the late eighties, early nineties, huh? There was. Yes, there was. Holy I shit! I don't know why anybody thought that was a good idea of giving kids like weird goo stuff. Terrible idea, dude. He's got it's it all over everything. I don't think you'll remember them or not, but there's these things called germs. Germs? Yeah, I was like, dude, it was literally a toy. Of, it was a germ. It was like in a fucking little like tube. It had faces on it, but you open that tube, it smelled so horrible. And my son had like the fucking that same slime shit in it. Oh my God, it was so bad. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> you got, like, I don't know. Let me see if I can find a picture. I'll send you the link or a picture of it. But Oh my God, dude, they were so bad. Do you ever have the the thing that you could you um the creepy crawly thing where you where it oven. was like like a little oven and you put put them in like the mold? I had that shit. Yeah, I had that. I also had um. Do you remember the the weird thing where you where it was like food and you have like yep. this like cup and you put 
stuff in it and water and then mix it together and make these like weird like candy brains. Yep. All right, dude. I sent you the link or a picture of them. Okay. And and um all that like it was like a weird set where you're supposed to be like some type of like science like weird like scientist guy and you made all these like weird like kind of funky flavor like they're like supposed to be things you ate you know yeah i remember that that stuff had a very particular taste to it (laughs) i remember (laughs) yeah wasn't i don't remember it being 100 good but you you were just like oh look i made brains like this weird cup thing you know (laughs) well dude so my friend was older than me when i had the creepy crawler oven yeah i found about the bang green jelly because he brought his tape over of it all right. So I found about that song Three Little Pigs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I used to used to make those little creepy crawlies in that uh, oven. Wow. That 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 had a particular type of smell too as well. Is it did. Let's just like how period times would never like, here kid, here's a fucking oven you can burn your house down with. Yeah, you're good. You're nine years old. Your parents can watch. Dude, I had that one when I was like seven. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, what year, I'm gonna look that up. What year did that shit come out? That I don't remember how old I was. How, how did that work? It was like a weird. It was like you had a had like a lamp in it or something, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. It would get pretty hot though, because obviously, because obviously, like you're you're drying like plastic, basically, you know. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Well, I think on the boxes, do this with parental discretion, you know, parental, you know, parents should be there, but of course parents aren't watching you doing it, you know, eventually yeah. you, you just set it up on your own. You're like, I'm going to make stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. 1991 it came out. Which one? The creepy car Robin. 91. Yeah. I had it. Not- I think I got it. In ninety, like maybe like ninety two or ninety three, right? I can't remember. There's a lot of like horror themed kid stuff in that that period. I feel like, yeah, there was for sure. Like I said, he had like the weird brain brain things, and um, uh, I remember there was a bunch, a bunch of other stuff. But that that one uh, secret galaxy thing on YouTube has a bunch of that kind of. They do. They did a whole like video on the creepy crawlies. Oh, nice. Which is, yeah, it gives you a lot more information about the creepy crawlies than you probably want, but. <laughs> nice. I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like an easy, they had like the easy bake oven for, for the, you know, all this yep. kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, I always, as a kid, I remember that was like the male version of the easy bake oven was the creepy crawlers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely don't know these germs things. Okay. Yeah, no, that's something I grew up with. Were they like full of, you said they're full of the, the th- so they're full of the goo? Some of them were, not all, but some were. But dude, it had like the worst one you popped up with that too. Yeah, it's more horrible. Yeah, it's not like, it almost reminds me like, I hate to say it, the only way to describe it is like dirty socks that you don't wash for like a month. Oh. <laughs> right. You think it was supposed to smell like that or was it just something about the plastic? Is a song about the plastic. Yeah, I mean, who knows what kind of like toxins we ingest? We like ingested by right. touching all these this plastic from the eighties. You know what I mean? Yep. 
Like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I mean, because they, they, they didn't care. I mean, they made toys out of all kinds of weird shit, you know? They did. <laughs> yes, they did. All kinds of, like, plastic and... Right. We wouldn't be surprised if like there's like weird toxins in that goo stuff. I mean, I don't know what that was. That goo stuff was made out of, you know. Who knows? The souls of children. <laughs> you know, like just the goo. You know, you got slimed. Yep. Oh, I wonder what that was. That why there was this, like weird obsession of slime in their lady right. in that time, dude. Maybe it was because it's probably because they came up with this technology and they're like, oh, let's sell it to kids. So we'll put it right. in everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? <laughs> sure. That's how that's what they did back then. I mean, I'm sure they still do it now, but not, right. not, not maybe not quite as blatantly as they did in the 80s. Yeah. Cause it was pretty blatant back then. Oh, yeah. It was like those Germans that I just sent you like, what the fuck was the point of that toy? Yeah. Like, please tell me why I wanted that. I have no clue. I was fucking what that's 88 it said, so I was six. Was there like a was there a cartoon show for it or something? Or was it just like I just remember them being out. I was like, these are so cool. I was like, yeah, I was like six years old. No, you're six. You just think anything's cool. I mean right. when I was six, we we got pogs. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And it's like why? Or like, I don't know if you remember them. Do you remember the ants? Like the, they're like they, they're like they're they're like blue, orange, yellow, green, like fire ants and like the army ants and all that shit. Kind of. Okay. It's not. It's not. Not bringing. Up, I can't. I'm not. It doesn't. It kind of. Kind of sounds familiar, but I don't. I don't know. I might have before. Right. I don't. Doesn't. I don't really remember those though. It's like kind of like bringing up a memory, but not really. Yeah. Yeah, here you go. I'll send you a picture, dude. They'll see, okay. see if you remember these or, at all. Dude, it's fucking, dude, you're bringing back all my nostalgia right now. Dude. Like, <laughs> make me feel old, dude. Fuck, stop. <laughs> 41, goddammit. Yeah, this is the, uh, let me see. I don't remember those. Yeah, probably just a little bit before me. Yeah, there's a lot of weird, like little things like that, though, from that in the that time period, you know. Oh yeah, then the bustles, all these other weird things. Yeah, just like weird, weird old toys, you know. And I mean, I mean, they literally, you know, I mean, if you think about like. He-Man, for example, was created to sell toys, you know? Yep. Like, the cartoon show was sold to sell the toy. The toys came first. Yep. Cartoon show was created to sell the toys. <laughs> even though even though they sometimes didn't actually, like, you know, reflect each other in any real way. They right. still, like, that's what it was designed to do. Yep. A lot of those a lot of those cartoon shows we watched were, were designed to sell the toys, you know what I mean? Exactly. And and it worked because I wanted those toys because you watched them on a the show. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> it was a it was an effective technique. I guess it was. They weren't stupid. No. Yeah, it was like all about getting those toys. 
Nope. Yeah. And then whatever, whatever was the newest thing. Right. But yeah, but then on top of the the action figures, you had all these weird, other weird, weird toys of various various sorts. Yeah, Darren and the Willow toys were the most pointless toys ever. The which ones? Willow. Willow. Uh, what are those ones like? So you couldn't play with them technically, like because they were on these little stands that they were molded to. Uh huh. So you couldn't do shit with them. They're just on these stands. You couldn't like play with them and like walk them around. They were literally on these stands constantly. <laughs> so they were just designed to be like looked at or something. I don't know what they were thinking when they made it. It was like they were made to play with, but maybe like, maybe they thought the kids would like hold on to the stands. You know what I mean? Right. Like you couldn't take them off of them. They were molded to them. They probably were on it. You don't like use that to like pop them around and walk them around or something. But and yeah. This didn't really make any sense, probably. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that that uh yeah that wasn't actually useful to kids. They didn't really care about that. They wanted to be able to move the arms and legs and stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, if you look at like uh, action figures in like the late seventies, like if you look at like. The old, uh, the early Star Wars action figures—they're very different from you know what what we have today. You know what I mean? Right. Although I kind of like, I I remember I used to buy because in the early '90s or mid '90s, like when they started coming out with action figures again for Star Wars, it was very limited in you yeah. know '95 or whatever. Like you know, I got all the first round, but it was really just like Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, Han. It was all just the main characters. Yeah. And the molds on those that first round was so funny because like Luke Skywalker is like super buff, right? You I don't you remember those? Oh yeah, dude, for sure. They were such funny action figures. You're like, why did they do these weird molds where it's like Luke Skywalker is like looks like he's like the Hulk or something? Right, and the funny thing was back then that's when McFarlane toys started coming out. Everybody's like, this is like the new wave of shit. So like the Star Wars toys just looks even worse when you look at that. Yeah. Cause then, then they, then they, they remolded a lot of stuff in the second round in the late nineties yeah. and they looked a lot better. Yeah. But at first round in mid nineties. So to kind of like, you know, supplement the, the new ones that was coming out, I used to buy old ones when I could find them. Cause there's, you know, you used to have like toy stores and you could actually in the nineties, you could get the seventies action yep. figures for nothing. Yep. Really, you know, like, I mean, I would buy, like, maybe if they're in mint condition, they'd be worth a lot. Right. But if you bought, like, just, like, the loose figures, they're usually pretty cheap. So I had a bunch of, like, the the Imperial soldiers and stuff like that that they made back in the 70s, you know, like, stuff that you couldn't get until, yeah. until a little bit later with the, with the 90s. And uh, and you know different different ones, and I mean you could get them the loose ones for like, you know, a couple dollars really, right? Which I'm sure nowadays all of the '70s Star Wars toys are very expensive. Oh, I'm sure, dude. If you think about it now, they're they're almost uh, what fifty years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we were kids, they're not even twenty years old. No. Which yeah, kind of kind of came out. I was one or two, one of the two. When did Jedi come out? 84? 83. 83, so I was one. 
Oh no, it was eighty four, wasn't it? Might have been. It's one of the two. Let's see. First one came out seventy seven. Yeah, no, eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah, so I was one. Okay, yeah, because I was like I was trying to think. Because oh yeah, because Empire Strike Back in eighty, right? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, and and they, I think they made Star Wars toys up until like the mid, like you know, eighty five, eighty six, or something. You know, up to the eighties. Oh yeah, I did. But then definitely by the early nineties, Star Wars is pretty not not super cool in in the nineties. Oh. No. Not until not until the actual figures started coming out and they, they did the the special editions and all of a sudden Star Wars was cool. But I mean, when I was a kid and I liked Star Wars, it sounds very hipster, but it was true. I mean, no one, none of the kids in my school. There's only one kid who knew what Star Wars was. It wasn't until Phantom Menace was ready to drop and everything all of a sudden changed again. Yeah, I would say like the special editions and then Phantom Menace is what I and I saw it happen like when as a kid, the shift all of a sudden because. You know, I'd buy the action figures or whatever. And then I remember I remember when all of a sudden like people all everyone all of a sudden was all about Star Wars again. Right. And all of a sudden yeah. you couldn't find any of the action figures anywhere because people were buying all of them and you know, like it was just it started getting kind of being kind of annoying. Yeah, I remember when Attack of the Clones came out, my buddy Kevin almost got in a fight with a fucking fourteen year old at Toys R Us over a Count Dooku toy. <laughs> he got kicked out of Toys R Us and he was like eighty six about Toys R Us. They took his picture and everything. <laughs> Seriously, I wanted that too. I, I was like, "Dude, how old are you? Do you collect shit too?" I'm like, "I understand that, but I'm not gonna go fucking fight like a 13 year old over it." Yeah, I mean, you, between that, that was the thing that pissed me off as a kid was like these grown ass adults like buying like all the fucking toys, you know? Right. <laughs> so like, I, it's like know. I can't get everything. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how the kid is. Right. Sure, if the kid was like a little asshole to you, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, at the same time, you're a grown-ass adult, you probably shouldn't be fighting with a 13-year-old. Attack of the Clones came out in 2002. So, we were like 20. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like 21, I think. Shouldn't, shouldn't be fighting with a 13 year old over an action figure if you're 21 years old, you know? No, dude, I was like, really? Like, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, you got 86 from Toys R Us. How does that make you feel? I wanted that Dooku. And? You know, it's it's sad that Toys R Us and all the toy stores are gone. Right, it is, dude. I miss them. Yeah, and, and you know what's even more fucked up thing I learned from watching that Secret Galaxies is that, uh, it was the same investment company that that killed all of the toy stores. Of course, it was. It was this investment company that did this thing where they they hostile bought out store like companies and then did this weird buy this weird I forget what it's called. It's this weird like business thing where it basically destroys the company, you know, essentially. And right. then they end up with all this money from destroying the company. And they this one. Investment company did that with all of every every toy store. Oh, it was man. the same one. Like so, they you know, um, it they did it to Toys R Us. They did it to um, uh, what was that other one that was in the malls? The uh, toy KB Toys. KB Toys. Yep. 
It was as a kid for me. I had Toys R Us, KB Toys, Lionel Playroom, and Children's Battles. Yeah, so they did it to Toys R Us and KB Toys, and then they did it to one other company that right. I don't think was here in the states. I mean, in the car that was in a different part of the state, city, uh, right. the country, which is crazy to think. And and the the thing that they did, I just doesn't sound like it should be legal. You know, because right. it's basically against the will of the corporation. Essentially, they're making use of a certain type of um, loophole in in corporate law. Essentially, right. And I was like, it just doesn't sound. I mean, you're basically against the will of the people who are owning the company. Essentially, selling them out. And I was like, that's crazy no, that this I thing can't exist. What's that? Toys R Us is back, but it's only in Macy's stores now. Oh, really? Yeah, they brought it back. But that's not really the same. I mean, Toys R Us was like a fucking huge, huge warehouse of toys. You know what I mean? Because yeah. one I w- the one I went to was one on Mississippi. Yeah, um, I used to go to. Well, more recently, before they closed, I used to go to the one over on um, by the mall by Park Meadows. Okay, I remember that one. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, that's the one that we got kicked out of. Hell yeah. 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 I used to go to that. I, like before Toys R Us closed, I used to go there to look for certain things right. I was looking for, like particularly the Lego stuff. Right. And the other Toy Story into the line of play was right next to the Moral Mall. Yeah. And like, then the building's still there. It's something else now. But... And then when I was a, a kid, um, we used to go to the one by Villa Italia that, that right. I tore down. Yeah. Um, and then there was another one we used to go to, but I can't think of where it was now off the top of my head. It was, was there one over by the, the Target in, on on Alameda? That's the one on Mississippi. Oh, okay. Oh, no, down there. I'm sorry. I'm thinking the one on, you talking about Alameda, like down like by Leedsdale and all that? Yeah. Uh, was, was there one over there? There might have been. Like back when there was still the uh, the movie theater? Yeah, I think there was. Or somewhere in that vicinity, somewhere. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm trying to remember. It's like racking my brain. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there used to be a few, and I know there was there was another one up in like uh, Arvada somewhere, I think too. Right. Yep. Man, I miss those places. Just in general, I'd still go like, just to check it out, see what they have. Yeah, I mean, it was fun, and uh, you know, like tricky for certain things, like if you're trying to get. It was a good place right. to go to get, like, you know, McFarlane stuff. Or... Oh, that's where I got all my movie maniacs. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, like, you could get a lot of different stuff there. Legos, uh, you know. Yep. I would try to go there to get stuff on clearance, you know. That oh, might, yeah. Because yeah, sure. the normal price is weren't as good as it could have been, but they were still the best prices a lot of times. Particularly if you got something on clearance, you could get it. I mean, I remember getting... uh huge lego pirate ship on clearance for like 50 percent off nice dude when i was a kid yeah so i was like real happy you know <laughs> so yeah. yeah but uh all that stuff's gone just like a lot of stuff you know yep. record stores bookstores basically yep. all the stuff that i like to go shopping for is all gone now yep. sucks don't it yeah like I used, you know, all the all the places I used to go to, you know, like to go shopping and have a have a day out and like look around and go shopping, like it's all gone now, pretty much. 
you know, I I can't go use you know I there's almost nowhere to go. I there's only like Angelo's now. You know, there's like one record store basically in all Denver. You know, <laughs> that I know of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's probably a couple more now, but you know, there's not very many, and no. there's not very many used bookstores. There's not very many. There's you know none of the stuff that I would actually go shopping for when I was when even up to not that long ago. You know. No, yeah, I think for sure. It's just this is all in the past like five years, five, five, six years, right? Not all everything's closed down, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, but um, this episode is the the this this will actually be the last episode of uh, twenty twenty three of the podcast as a whole. So, well, happy New Year! Yeah, happy New Year to everybody out there. Oh, yeah. yeah and uh the uh what does it say like i guess we go we'll have to, we'll have to figure out what we're gonna do for, for january oh i thought we're gonna do the shining weren't we? that's right yeah we're gonna do shining so shining for january so keep your eyes open for that that's right he's got the note from the new ball so i can get my uh, other shining back from yeah i'll have to watch it too so right yeah yeah i mean might be a good idea to do both right yeah i think it'd be kind of cool to compare the two yeah i mean we don't because shining we don't, don't have, we don't have to go through the, the whole plot like super in detail right. with shining we can kind of talk more about the the movies and differences between them and the book and everything so yeah dude, yeah sure. i think i'll i'll watch it and then i'll get back to you cool dude that'll work so yeah so next year next yeah january will be the shining which is one of my winter horror movies for sure and uh Yep. Hope everybody has a good uh, good New Year's Eve, and uh, if people are feeling inspired, they should watch this movie. Maybe you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Hopefully, the world won't end or something. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Well, uh, thanks, everybody. Yes. Thank you. Okay.